following message is presented by Erie Evangelical Free Church in Erie, Illinois. We are a church that exists for the good of our community and are proud to share the gospel of Jesus Christ as we seek to know Him and make Him known. Well, I, uh, Jonathan and I were talking earlier, and a long time ago I, I read where a good speaker... Okay, you're not going to get one, but you're, you're waiting for somebody else to come up. I know. A good speaker... Uh, does three things. Number one, he tells, he tells you what you're going to be told. He tells them what they're going to be told. And then he tells them. And then he tells them what he told them. Man, that's hard to say. So I'm going to do that right now, okay? And, and what I'm going to tell you today, what's, what we're going to focus on is not anything new. It's nothing you haven't heard before. In fact, you have heard it every single week for I don't know how long. Every single week, somewhere in the message, Pastor Jonathan gives us this. You know what it is? Sure. That Jesus did what? He lived perfectly. He died sacrificially. He rose victoriously to deliver us. Now you're getting the hang of this. I feel like a cheerleader. He lived, died, rose to deliver us. Okay, and we're going to come back to that because it's so important on this Memorial Day that we understand that. It is the gospel summarized. And we were talking about that. If you know that, if you know that, in fact, I'd put it on a little card and stick it in your pocket, whatever. If you know that, you can, you can witness to anybody. And it also gives you a great little outline for, for studying the, the meat of the gospel. He lived perfectly. He died sacrificially. He rose victorious to deliver you, 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 even a dirtbag like me. He did that for us because of his what? His love and his grace and his mercy. People, do you know how blessed we are? Anybody shaking their head no? Okay, you are blessed. You, you are crazy blessed. Blessed beyond all measure. And we live in a country in a time where, where we are blessed. I think I've shared with you, I read a, a, a renowned kind of consultant type guy who said, we have lived the most amazing 70 years of history, those of us who have been around that long. This isn't, this, these years have been an outlier, really. It means they're simply off the scale of what's normal. We've had relative peace and we have had relative abundance. And that stuff didn't come our way without a price being paid.
And on Memorial Day, we need to remember that there was a price paid for the freedom we enjoy as a country, for the freedom you enjoy tomorrow and the next day, whatever you choose today to do. There was a price paid. So I want to tell you a little story. And I, I almost apologize for telling you a story, but I'm not going to. It's about a young boy, who, a boy who grew up in the 1920s and 1930s. And he, I, I don't know what it was like in the 1920s and 1930s. I wasn't quite born yet. Not quite. But I'm sure boys in the 20s and 30s, like my father and others, had the same dreams and plans for their lives. You know, grow up and get married and have kids and get a job and all of these other visions that they would have for their life. But they grew up in a different time. The, the, the abundance, the roaring 20s, were followed by the crash and then the depths and the darkness and, and, and the difficulties of the Depression. And it turned them into what would later be what we call now the greatest generation, and there's a lot to that. They had a resilience, a strength, because of what they went through. Because there was a growing darkness in the world, in Europe and in the Pacific. And as Germany and Japan continued their conquest of other countries, three things became inevitable. Number one, the United States would get drawn into a world war. Number two, that eventually we would have to invade Nazi Europe and Japan. And number three, young men and young women would die. It's just part of it. So this young man was at the ripe age. 1943, he was drafted and entered the U.S. Army, leaving a wife and a young daughter. He trained in the United States and came home in December, then left for overseas and for the buildup for what would be known as D-Day, the greatest amphibious invasion ever in the history of man. June 6, 1944, in the first wave at Omaha Beach, he would die in those waters. One of over 2,000 young men that would die on Omaha Beach that day. None of you know him or knew him. But I hope this story helps you understand because so much of his family sits here in this church. So let me back up. 19 years ago, Judy and I came here for the first time. 
We had an organist, Adeline Norman. I loved Adeline because she rocked. And again, forgive me if I've shared this, but whenever I would talk about military things, she would get very emotional. I didn't understand why until probably a couple years into our stay here. I learned that it was her brother, Paul J. Hewn, who had died on Omaha Beach on June 6th. 1944. And to this day, if you ask Adeline any details about that, she can recall it like that. The phone calls being made. The, the visit in 1947 to go to Clinton to meet a train when his body was brought home finally. And the flag-draped coffin. That pain never left. That pain never left. Paul J. Hewn would have been Jerry's uncle, Carol's uncle. War is not, I just heard in a song, war is not a game we play as kids. So I hope that encourages you to give thanks. To remember on this Memorial Day weekend what others have done for you. Adeline would tell me that about her brother dying in the water on Omaha Beach. And when I was over there, I visited the cemetery above Omaha Beach probably five or six times in the two summers I went. And she kept telling me his name is inscribed there somewhere on the beach. I knew it wasn't in the cemetery because he wasn't there. And I knew it wasn't on the wall of the missing because he's not missing. And, and I just wrote it off as maybe Adeline was misunderstanding. Maybe she was confused about it. The last trip, the last day of my second trip, my grandson and I were driving back from Pegasus Bridge, another site. And I said, Tyler, we got to go back to the cemetery. I don't know why. We got to go. And we went there and it was busy and we had to park in an overflow parking lot. Just a gravel lot. And we got out and, and Tyler says, hey, look, there's a path here. Now, the main pathway from the cemetery down to the beach was closed. But he said, here's a path, let's take this. So we walked down this kind of just through the grass and as we approached, I could see this <laughs> monument. And I'd seen it before in pictures, it's a tall thing, but the pictures were always from a distance. And as we got closer, I could see there was something on that monument. And I could see as we drew within feet 
of it, that it was names. And it was the name of every young man who had died from that company, the Big Red One Infantry Division, on June 6, 1944. And it took me about two seconds to find right down here Paul J. Hume. And I stood there looking at that. And it was kind of at at the edge as I looked at it. And I'm looking past it at the beach. And I knew from having researched his company and his battalion and everything else where they had come ashore. And it was right there was where he probably died. War became very real in that moment. War needs to be real to us. The losses of 1.1 million Americans needs to be very real to us because they gave so much for us. The ultimate. Today, we remember Paul J. Hune. We remember uh, Otto and George Fair would be Cindy's great uncles, right? Brothers that died three months apart. Tomorrow I'll be in Walnut and I'll be talking about a young man named Claire Peterson who, who's all kinds of Petersons in Walnut. And I knew his brother and I knew, I knew his brothers and I knew all those families and he's somewhere several thousand feet below the surface of the Pacific Ocean in a submarine. Tiny Bedford, Virginia will mourn the loss of 30-some young men that died of this little town at the time of no more than 3,000 people. You know what, though? And and I think, well, why? 5% of people only, only 5% of people will go. You know what? These men and women died so that the other 95% would have the freedom to choose what to do. I thought about this a few years ago when there was a bunch of protests going on over something and protests about the way the country run and all this kind of stuff and people in the streets and I thought, man, I'm glad my dad can't see this. And I thought, wait a minute, that's what they fought for so that they could go out and they could protest. We remember these, the, these 1.1 million men and women. But you know what? They didn't die to be remembered. We remember them because they died. Jesus said in John 15, No greater love has any man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And I love that passage that we read. If you have it in front of you, please look at it. John 15, starting in verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's command and remained in his love. There's that bond that we have in Christ 
that, that requires we remain. In what Jesus say, remain in me and I'll remain in you. But I love this. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Is there anybody here who wouldn't like joy in their life? Is there anyone here besides me that totally loves being a complete grump? I don't. Don't we want joy? Isn't that what the world needs to see in us? The joy of Jesus Christ? They don't. All too often, they don't. They don't see it in me. They don't see it in you. They don't see it in the church. And one of the great ways we, we embrace joy and we feel joy is when we have a freedom from oppression. Young men, young women have gone all over this world in the name of freedom to restore joy back to people who are oppressed. That your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Huh. How did Jesus love you? How did Jesus love you? He lived perfectly, died sacrificially, rose victoriously to deliver you completely. That's how Jesus loved you. He loved you completely. He loves you unconditionally. He loves you sacrificially. Greater love has no man than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Let's get really real here. And believe me, this is a hard question for me to ask because I have to answer it myself. Your life you would die for? I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Mother, you would die for, right? remember a story, and I'm sorry this just came back to me, but uh, of, of a, a drowning. And for some reason, when they, because of transfer of properties or something, they had to, a mother and a daughter had drowned. A mother and a small child had drowned. And they needed to determine which one drowned first. And they said it would have been for sure the mother. 
because she would have held the child up as long as possible. Who would you die for? Parents, you'd die for your kids. Husbands, what's Paul say to the Ephesians? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and did what? And died for. Husbands, would you die for your wife? Wives, would you die for your husband? Okay, that's great. That's so, that's so blah and simple, isn't it? That's Valentine's stuff. How about this one? Is there anybody you just don't like in your life? Anybody you don't like? Would you die for him? That's the question, isn't it? The question's not, it doesn't matter, would you die for somebody you like or you love? That's simple. But would you die for somebody you just don't like and somebody who just hates your guts? Would you die for them? Greater love has no man than this, that you would die, not just for your friends, Paul J. Hune died probably for some people he didn't like. Fair Brothers probably died for someone they didn't like. I had a cousin who died over Europe. I'm sure he died for some people he didn't like. Jesus Christ died for people who crucified him. No greater love has any man than this that he lay down his life for his friends. And for his enemies. So, as we talk about Memorial Day, we talk about 1.1 million men and women who have died for their country, who have died for you and me to enjoy this freedom, the freedom that Jonathan prayed about earlier, the freedom from having people come in here right now and shut us down or haul us off or worse. How much more then, if we give thanks for them, how much more then must we remember daily, by the minute, by the second, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that he did what? That he lived? Come on. He lived? He died? He rose to deliver us? Come on. Let's remember that, church. When a country forgets how it got its freedom, the door is open to the enemy. And when a church forgets what got us here, the door is open to the enemy. Do we understand that?
Father, it's just mind-boggling. I, I can't imagine what the families of these young men who, young men and women who have died for us, what they have gone through. I haven't been there. I haven't done that. I haven't experienced it. I can't imagine, God, what you went through to turn your back on your son as he bore our sin, as he was murdered. And cried out, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Greater love, there is none, than what you have shown us. And not one single person in this room is deserving of the love you have shown us. Not one single person in this room is deserving of the life you have given us. Not one single person in this room is deserving of the freedom that you have given us. And the blessings that we enjoy. How great is the love that you have lavished upon us. That that we should be called your children. And that's what we are. Oh God, what joy. What joy. Father, on this Memorial Day weekend, help us not just to remember this 1.1 million but others who are out now risking their life in harm's way. But more than all of that, that we will remember the freedom that you have given us. Because you live perfectly. Because you died sacrificially. Because you rose victorious. And you have delivered us completely. We thank you, Father. We give you all praise. We give you all honor. And we give you all glory. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about Erie Evangelical Free Church or our ministries, please visit www.eriefree.com or join us in person at 1409 16th Avenue, Erie, Illinois.